Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. In the past, practice was a little different, you know, in college and stuff like that. Now, it's easier just to take care of your body and stuff like that. And we, uh, I would say, focus on more of the important things. We don't, we don't really practice too long, but we make sure we get everything in that we need to. The cap grind is uh, it's, it's just going well, you know what I mean? Manage my body, manage my time to take care of my body. Overall, I was uh, impressed by the tempo. Those guys look pretty good. And, again, it's really early in training camp. And, it, you know, the key is, is, you know, staying healthy. As we get going on, I think the scrimmage will be our first real glimpse, you know, how guys are progressing or, or things like that, if you will. Anytime you get to go out there and actually compete against the defense in a live situation, it turns up the competition level a notch. And um, I'm, I'm excited to go out there. Everyone just wants to go out there and compete and execute. The main thing is that we go out there and everyone's on the same page. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So you heard from a bunch of guys there in that uh, in that update and then in the uh, pre-show sound, we'll call it. And Kavon uh, Seymour... Uh, Jim Kelly, Tyrod Taylor, Rex Ryan, uh, everyone there. It's Olympic weekend. The start of the Olympics is now uh, tonight. Obviously, the Bills, the first 11-on-11 scrimmage. Well, I mean, the Olympics started technically a few technically days ago. Technically yesterday a few days ago. But, uh, no, I know I agree. And the thing about the Olympics that I'm excited for is I, I've been really paying attention to the women's soccer uh, so I'm excited for women's soccer, but honestly, it's going to be tough today to talk anything other than Bill's training camp as we've moved into training camp time and kind of the meat and potatoes of training camp. Uh, we're now moving into the first 11-on-11 scrimmage. This is going to be really the first opportunity for a lot of guys, um, as I was, as you heard in the in the uh, pre-sound or the pre-show sound there was James Wilder Jr. Guys like him, uh, got guys who are going to be vying for that 53-man roster. There's going to be a lot of... Uh, opportunity today to show what they've been doing inside the classroom in the film room uh, and see if that can translate onto the field and I think that's going to be important for a lot of guys um, so there's going to be some storylines to pay attention to today uh, but I want to hear from you guys today 803-0550 is the number 888-552-550 if you want to get your thoughts your concerns Reggie Ragland uh, came up lame yesterday on a play during the morning practice. He is expected to get some testing done either today or tomorrow. Um, I, I haven't heard whether or not he has headed back to Buffalo. Uh, there had been a rumor he was going to head back to Buffalo for some further testing, but I haven't heard anything like that. I'm sure uh, you will hear more about that on Sports Talk Saturday this afternoon, which will be at 11 right after Inside High School Sports. Uh, Sal Capaccio will be on. He's been at camp Every waking moment, just about. So, uh, you know, he's got his dorm room out there. Sal's been um, really plugging away. So, I mean, we basically have every sort of Bill's head, talking head you could want to hear uh, in the next three or four hours here in the in the early part of the afternoon and morning. Uh, so this morning we'll have Ryan LaSalle on. He's going to be on at 8.30 with me. He's from Rochester Sports Network. Uh, and the Bill's fanatic... 
Bills Fanatics Network, uh, who I, I do some work with as well uh, with Ryan. So Ryan will join me at 8.30, give me some of his thoughts on the week that was the first week of training camp, uh, what he's looking forward to tonight as far as the scrimmage, and uh, maybe some Tyrod contract talk. And, uh, you know, what's next for the Bills defense if Reggie Ragland is going to miss any sort of significant time? And then later on, we'll talk to Ryan Talbot, who is uh, was with Scout, but now has uh, moved on to New York Upstate with, uh, with our friend of the program, Matthew Fairburn. Uh, so we'll uh, talk to Ryan at about 9.15 this morning. And then at 9.30, we're going to have the Duff Man on from WCMF in Rochester. He'll be on, uh, as, as, as we were, me and Ryan were talking about on Ryan's show yesterday, the nightcap. Uh, Duffy's got some awesome sound clips and it doesn't even really mean to have the awesome sound clips. He's just in the background laughing during a lot of the sound clips from the morning show. So it's really funny. So we'll, we'll probably poke fun at Duffy a little bit about that, uh, later on. He'll be on at nine thirty. So he's also been there basically all morning and all afternoon. He does the morning show, um, over there at WCMF. And then he does, I think like an afternoon drive show with the ESPN, uh, station up in Rochester as well. So he's been working basically double time up there. Um, so we'll get his opinions on what he's seen, uh, maybe on what he's expecting to see tonight, especially in the scrimmage. Uh, I will also be up there at the scrimmage tonight. Uh, I'm hoping uh, that my good friend Ryan Gates will be able to join me up at the scrimmage as well. And uh, we plan on doing some live Facebook stuff, uh, some player interviews, uh, so we expect to have some good content coming your way today from camp. And then obviously Sale will probably have a recap, uh, a, a preview of the scrimmage and some some battles to really pay attention to as far as the uh, the scrimmage goes tonight. So a few things that I'll be excited and ready to watch for tonight. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see a little bit more of the the wide receiver and running back battles that we had been kind of talking about through uh, the beginning portion of camp and heading into camp a bit. Mostly, I think I'm excited to see the battles, obviously, but what I am excited to see are, are some guys that are going to be those roster bubble players, uh, and, and not only that, but guys who are going to have to step into roles that they may not be familiar with in order to make that 53-man roster. I was talking yesterday a little bit with Ryan um, on, on his show again yet last night at 8.30. Uh, I, I was speaking about one of the keys to me is allowing each guy to get an opportunity to show what he can do, but at the same time, uh, make sure that everyone stays healthy because I think that's really the most important thing coming out of the scrimmage is you want to, you really want to encourage the competition. You want to encourage, you know, guys going all out, really trying to make it their stamp on the early portion of the preseason. But at the same time, what you don't want to do is is lose a guy to a knee or to an ankle because you know we're getting rolled up on or especially the offensive and defensive linemen they're the most vulnerable guys um, to those knee and ankle rolled ups and and the, the last thing we want to do is you know lose a starter or, or even a second or third string guy a depth guy and 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 put another hole in this roster because ultimately right now although you know the injury bug hasn't really you know knock on wood hasn't hit this Bills team yet it it can just be a matter of time with this stuff, um, especially those those awkward non-contact football injuries that uh, Reggie Ragland had yesterday, um, and, and that's kind of where I want to start and, and what I see uh, as a potential issue for this Bills team 
and and maybe not the lack of depth at the at the linebacker position because I'm actually pretty sold on the la- on the on the depth at the linebacker position. Um, I'm going to go ahead and look up who's currently on the roster there. But as far as the inside linebacker goes, Zach Brown's another guy um, that I would pay attention to moving forward because he's probably going to be getting a bulk of the reps on the inside. Uh, but he's not hes not the only guy I'm going to pay attention to. I, I think it could be a possibility. I, I know that this week um, Sale had it up on, on the WGR website, and, and there had been a lot of um, there had been a lot of speculation, and, and then all of a sudden Eric Stryker is on the first team playing outside linebacker, that rush end spot um, where Ike and Apolly had been really kind of holding it down for the first few days of camp as Manny, or Manny, Williams, Manny Lawson uh, is recovering from that pectoral injury that he sustained right before camp. Um, so you saw Eric Stryker get some time with the ones there. Uh, as much as, and we talked about this last week with Sale, is you know I think they want what they want to do with Stryker is give him an, an opportunity to really play with a position that he's going to be playing with moving forward and have him get some some comfortability at a position. But I don't think that they really have that option right now. Um, I, I think with the lack the lack of depth, I think they're going to need. Striker to be able to play both inside and outside, and I think this is a good opportunity for him um, if, for instance, Reggie Ragland is going to miss any significant time. Uh, this may be an opportunity for Stryker to get some reps at inside as well as outside. Uh, Kevin Reddick is another name that you should probably pay attention to. He's out right now. Um, I believe he was having a and he had an MCL sprain earlier in camp, um, so he's also out. So you've got Reggie Ragland and Kevin Riddick, who I'm assuming are probably your top two inside linebackers behind Preston Brown. Um, <clears throat> and then you have a guy like uh, Jamari Lattimore, who could be a candidate. Uh, to take that job uh, if he can move inside. He's really more of a pass rusher on the outside. Lattimore also broke his nose at camp. He, But he will be able to, you know, he'll be back at camp at some point. But, yeah, that, that could be an issue. Another name that I think is an interesting one is Lorenzo Alexander. Um, he's a veteran that the Bills picked up in the offseason, someone that you probably didn't really pay attention to when the Bills signed him. Uh, Ten years of experience, played for Oakland, um, He's a guy that at least has some experience, and when you put him in there, you know, you're not going to be worried about what happens to him in there. He's going to be in the right position. Um, and then you have another guy, Randall Johnson, um, who I think is a guy who could potentially finally make his stamp on this team. Now, I know being an un- he was an undrafted guy the Bills signed uh, three seasons ago. Uh, originally kind of started as an outside pass rusher. Hadn't really had that explosiveness, that edge rush ability. They moved him to the inside last year um, towards the end of the season, and uh, that's where he'll probably see some, start to see some reps anyways um, as we move forward here with this injury to Rag- Reggie Raglan. So there are some guys here currently on the roster that can certainly fill the void if Raglan is out for a significant time, but you know, I'm not feeling ultim- I'm not feeling great about the position uh, right now just as I there are some veterans in this in this lineup that I talked about, but um, there aren't a lot. Uh, there's not a lot of experience other than Alexander um, at, at guys that you really feel comfortable with. But obviously, you you still have that Zach Brown fellow who I had mentioned before. Um, he'll definitely be a part of the mix here. I, I kind of assumed he'd be a part of the mix, anyways. To be quite honest with you, um, I, I saw him at least putting up some. You know, some fight for Reggie Ragland's, you know, playing time. 
And I think that'll continue to stay true even on third downs. I think Brown really kind of comes in here as one of their better um, coverage linebackers. So, Brayton, to you, I mean, are you worried about what happens to the depth of this team if Reggie Ragland misses time? I mean, not the team, but the position in general, the linebacker position. Are you worried about this team if Ragland is going to miss significant time? I'm a little bit worried because, I mean, you look at you look at the depth of this team and, you know, who's going to be right behind all these guys. I mean, Zach Brown, yeah, he's going to be right there. He's most likely going to get a, a good majority of first and second team reps uh, tonight, probably. And then, you know, you got guys like Manny Lawson, who's still out, who can be a, a fill-in guy in a linebacker position, who can also play defensive line. I mean, you look at you look at the depth, and it's not that great. But, I mean, the fact is, is that you've got some key players that can fill those roles that are not going to be able to play because they're hurt. Now, I saw a tweet from Ryan Talbot, who we're going to have on in just a little bit yesterday, on the uh, free agent class of linebackers that's remaining. Yes. And this list is not uh, is horrid. Yeah, it's not uh, overwhelming, that's for sure. I mean, the most notable names I see on here are Stephen Tullick, from, who was recently with Detroit. Uh John Beeson, but didn't Beeson retire? Or uh, he didn't retire, but he's close to it. He's close to retirement. Right. So I mean, this this list is not not good at all. So if, if the Bills get any more injuries, then it becomes even more of a concern. And I mean, it, it's good that Reggie Ragland was able to walk off on his own power yesterday. It was good that he was right. able to get off the field. However. You know the non-contact injuries. The non-contact yeah. injuries are never a good sign. So, and I mean, Manny Lawson might be back by week one, but we're not entirely sure of that. As you mentioned with Kevin Riddick, Jamari Lattimore, both those guys are hurt. They're not. They're not being able to take part in practice. So, and Sal yesterday, I was listening to his conversation with Schulte the Bulldog on my way home, and he said that Randall Johnson has not really done enough to step up and show show that he can be a fill-in guy which is concerning. So if anybody else gets hurt, that's when my concern yeah. level goes from like a 7 to probably an 8 or 9 uh, because the the depth right now and the way that injuries are playing out, uh, linebackers getting thin at this point for me. There are a couple of names that I can at least get with on this list that Ryan, uh, Ryan Talbot tweeted out. This would have been a couple days, uh, about a day ago. Uh, these are the remaining outside line or inside linebacker free agents still available. You got a guy like D'Amico Ryan's, uh, but who I'm not exactly sold can really still play at a high level. Um, so he's not really someone that I would look at. His he is a bit of a three-four inside linebacker though. He's kind of that ideal three-four inside linebacker. Um, where he's struggled over the course of his career is when his defensive schemes have switched to a four-three, and he's asked to play an inside four-three or an outside will linebacker in a four-three scheme. It's just not his game. He's more of a you know hash to hash inside linebacker guy, or you know tackle. He's a tackle box player, uh, not exactly the the most athletic in coverage. And then you've got guys like Curtis Lofton, um, who have been around the league a, for a while. To me, he kind of seems like he makes the most sense if the Bills are going to feel as though they're in desperate mode and going to need to go get a street free agent. Stephen Tullock's another interesting name. He spent a lot of time with the Detroit Lions. He could be a guy that they turn their wheels on. I, I don't know. Like you mentioned, that none of these guys are really jumping off the screen to me. And that's what happens when you're looking at a free agent list on the 6th of August uh, into the first week of camp already. Most 
guys of significance are already playing in camp somewhere. Where the Bills might be able to do something if this is indeed a long-term injury is you know, poaching off another team's camp roster um, when the first roster cuts come across. You know, I'm sure that the scouting department has their eyes on a few guys um, that are going to be roster bubble players with a couple other teams. So where you might actually see the Bills make an addition to the inside linebacker position um, may come at that first round of cuts during camp. So uh, that's, to me, the, the first instance you may see the Bills, you know, kick the tires on an inside linebacker. But as of right now... Um, I, I think they're going to stand pat, and, and that's kind of how I thought they would handle the running back situation. You know, obviously Carlos Williams is going to be out for the first four games with that suspension, and he isn't act. He didn't show up in to camp in shape, so he's not currently participating. He's kind of off to the side doing stuff with a, with a few of the injured players. So I thought that they were going to stand pat, but then you have a guy like Jonathan Williams who they kind they I mean they had some expectations for him coming into the season. Um, they thought they got a really good steal out of him in the fifth round. Um and then he gets that DUI and 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 now he's really in the doghouse. As as I as I sort of imagined would happen, um he's been in the doghouse running scout team for basically the the entirety of camp. So he's getting a mostly third and scout team reps. They're not really giving him much of a look. He's he's in the uh, in the doghouse. So the running back position, they went out and they got Reggie Bush, uh, which they did last week, which I'm I'm pretty excited about myself, and, and I know other people aren't as excited about Reggie Bush as I am, but to me, the reason I'm most interested and most excited about Reggie Bush is that I really ultimately think he is probably the healthiest he's been in the course of his career, and I think he'll tell you that. Um, you know, uh, there was a lot of speculation and a lot of I mean, really wrong reporting about Reggie Bush's knee injury. You know, last year was only a meniscus tear, and I don't want to reduce it to just a meniscus tear because that does, you know, take you off the field and take you out of, you know, your normal playing motion. But it's not an ACL tear. It's not one of those major knee ligament tears. So for him to tear his meniscus, have the rest of the season to get surgery, uh, rehab it, and I mean, he, like he, as he mentioned in his you know, in his introductory press conferences. You know, he's been 100% for a few months now since the offseason. So I'm excited that he's ultimately going to be maybe the healthiest he's been over the course of his career. Had a full offseason of just training, not having to rehab. I think that's going to do a, a world of difference for Reggie Bush moving into this season. And I'm, I'm, I like that he came on early and that the Bills didn't wait until midway through training camp to sign him. Um, give him an opportunity to get you know, comfortable with this offensive system, what Greg Roman's going to ask of him. And it's not going to be much. He's going to be a situational football player. And that's really where he's been the most successful over the course of his NFL career. It's never been a feature back. I mean, he's had two 1,000-yard seasons, um, one with Miami where he really kind of was the feature back in Miami, but they didn't have at the time a great offensive line. And and I think the other thing that really plays into Reggie Bush's you know, hands this year is he is going to be playing with a pretty good offensive line, an offensive line that has a lot of continuity that's really brought back and didn't lose anybody in the offseason. So for me, as much as people want to say that Reggie Bush may only really help in the punt return game or the kick return game, you know, I, I don't think that you're really keeping an open mind to what this offense can do with two really good playmakers, versatile playmakers at that, in LaShawn McCoy and Reggie Bush. And I, and I think they that the Bills left themselves a lot of opportunities to, to, to do a lot of creative things on the field. And, you know, I think that's what they really wanted to do with Percy Harvin last year is get creative and move him all over the field. And, you know, once he got injured in that fourth or fifth game and really couldn't participate and, and, and contribute, 
anymore. I you know I think they lost that versatility factor, that that X factor, and I, and I think a guy like Reggie Bush can bring that because he's always been a versatile back out of the backfield, not just running the ball and being a feature back, but being a guy that's a scat back, you know, that can run crisp routes over the middle uh, to the outside and can run receiving routes and 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 have a good route tree and be able to run effective NFL routes and beat single and double coverage. So to me, he's going to be an interesting guy, I think, more out of the backfield when we move closer to the season. I think you'll see his role kind of rear up a little bit as he becomes more comfortable in Greg Roman's offense. But what I think I'm most excited about with Reggie Bush is that return game because he's kind of been away from that, doing that. And I mean, if you remember some of his most exciting moments over the course of his college career, which you could argue is maybe one of the best college careers for any college running back, no less, but to me, really one of the best college careers across any position, offensive or defensively. So Reggie Bush, to me, is a guy that, as I was mentioning, you know, look back at some of those USC films and some of those crazy long plays that Reggie Bush had over the course of his USC career. A lot of them were on punt returns. One in one in particular, I remember, against Fresno State, where he's got that famous Reggie Bush run full speed, stop, and let a guy run by you, and then continue on his way for a touchdown. So I'm excited to see um, what Reggie Bush is going to do in a Bills uniform this season, and uh, you know we'll see what he does moving forward. So right up next, Ryan LaSalle. He'll be on from Rochester Sports Network. He's going to be live at training camp today. I'll be joining him on his podcast when I go down there later from Pittsburgh Pub. So uh, we're doing a little uh, program for program spot here with Ryan LaSalle. So he'll be up next with me. Uh, I'm going to get his opinions on Reggie Ragland, some of the stuff I've been talking about. Reggie Bush, where he sees his role, um, and some Tyrod Taylor talks, and uh, and see what he's going to be looking for tonight when we head out to camp. So Ryan LaSalle from Rochester Sports Network up next. We're also taking your calls, 803-0550. If you've got any questions for me or Ryan when he comes on next, uh, feel free to call in. We'll take your calls. You're listening to WGR. Just on a sweet play, he went back in and, and almost looked like, I don't know if he hyperextended it, you know, I'm not sure, but it just looked odd. It, it wasn't hit, you know, none of that stuff. But sometimes those can be the worst ones. So I'm hoping we just got to keep our fingers crossed and, and hope he's fine. That was Rex Ryan there uh, talking about Reggie Ragland, Bill's linebacker who uh, came up a little lame yesterday at practice with a knee injury. Um, which is unfortunate because the second-round pick, we had a lot of, I mean, we had a lot of confidence in him and his ability to kind of step right into a starting role right as a rookie in a Rex Ryan defense um, in a position that we didn't exactly think we had a lot of depth at. Um, so that brings me to my guest on the AT&T hotline, Ryan LaSalle from Rochester Sports Network. Ryan, how are you doing this morning, buddy? Good. How you doing, Nate? I am. Uh, I'm doing well. I, I could be doing better. Uh, obviously, this uh, Reggie Ragland news, uh, injury news, isn't great. But we don't exactly know the extent of the injury yet. But uh, Ryan, uh, give us a little bit of update what you saw and uh, what you're thinking could be the uh, the possible future news. As we obviously none of us ha- really know what the uh, the feel the the full diagnosis of of his knee injury is. But uh, you know, you were at least around. You saw some video of it. You were there. Uh, uh, what did you see in the injury, and are you at all concerned? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, anytime you have a non-contact injury, which is what Reggie Ragland experienced yesterday, especially when it comes to the knee, you've got to be concerned. And it sounds like the Bills training staff is concerned. Um, a couple of the people that I talked to actually used the word very when they talked how concerned they were about it. 
you know, in Rex Ryan's press conference after practice, he said they told him right away where there were no ligament damage. Um, you know, but I think anyone who, who knows football injuries enough knows that until they get in there with an MRI or an X-ray, they, they don't really know for sure. You know, they can only test it and, and move it around a little bit. But the fact that he got up and walked off the field under his own power, um, you know, you'd like to stay optimistic about it. But, yeah. um, you know, it sounds like it's not going to be a, a good prognosis when he finally gets his uh, diagnosis and we figure out what exactly happened. Ryan LaSalle on here from Rochester Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan LaSalle. It's L-A-S-A-L. Ryan, uh, staying on the Reggie Ragland topic or really kind of who's behind him, uh, who do you expect to kind of fill the role if Ragland is? I mean, I, I think there's, un, I think it's kind of at least obvious now he won't be participating in the next few days of camp, including tonight's scrimmage. So who do you see stepping into the number one defense in his shoes? I think it's going to be Zach Brown, the free agent linebacker that they signed out of Tennessee last season. Uh, Zach Brown was really, um, you know, probably going to see a lot of time in the coverage and third down situations um, just because he was one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL last season. So I think that was a logical move for him anyway. Um, You know, but let's not forget he also had 77 tackles last season as well at the inside linebacker position. So I think he'll step in. Um, He's been playing with the second string mostly during practice. So he's a guy that I think will see the bulk of the time increase as a result of the Ragland injury. Another guy that they're going to try to give the opportunity to at least is Randall Johnson. You mentioned him earlier in the show, and um, I think he's a guy that they're going to give the opportunity to to see if he can step into that role that they've been trying to convert him over to, but he hasn't really impressed so far. Um, so whether he can step up or not is left to be seen, but you know, I think you mentioned Eric Stryker potentially moving inside. I think that's an opportunity for him. Um, but he, his strength really comes in the pass rush game. So I think they're going to try to leave him outside as long as Brown and Johnson can kind of handle the role. Um, you know, and looking at the free agent linebacker position, I think they're hoping that nobody else goes down because it's really slim pickings at this point. It's, you know, a Stephen Tullock type of guy, uh, um, you know, even a Brandon Spikes who just worked out for Miami a couple of days ago, much to a lot of the Bills fans' chagrin, but um, he's another guy that's out there that they may potentially look at. But I think they're going to hold. Um, they're going to hope Zach Johnson, or I'm sorry, Zach Brown can do what he does and um, see if Randall Johnson can kind of fill that backup position until Ragland's able to come back. We're here with Brian LaSalle here on WGR. Ryan. I, I, you kind of stole my thunder with the next question I was going to ask you with, you know, you know what kind of role Eric Stryker could play with the team. But uh, I kind of want to ask you about some of the possible free agent targets. I know you mentioned a couple that are out there right now in the market. Is there anybody that you believe could, uh, you know, be released from their teams that are currently on right now and that the Bills could possibly target when they're cut from the roster? Uh, I mean, in terms of being cut, I'm not, I'm not sure that there's a lot out there because you're you're really looking – to fill a Reggie Ragland role, you're really looking for a, a three, four inside linebacker. So, you know, in terms of who's going to get caught, you're, you're really looking at the teams that run similar schemes, especially, you know, Rex Ryan, he's so particular about, um, you know, the guys that he brings on his team and the guys he adds to his defense. I, I think Curtis Lofton is a guy to definitely keep an eye on. Um, he's probably of that free agent class. He's probably the most logical move for me, I, you know, to, to plug in and play in that role. Um, But really, I think if the Bills front office is looking at things, they're saying, you know, we really need to keep everybody healthy at this point and cross our fingers that Ragland's a three- to four-week type of 
situation, and he's going to be back for week one, maybe week two at the latest. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's left to be seen. I mean, there's always surprise cuts as, as we're in training camp. Veteran guys, even young guys that were highly um, regarded that, that didn't work out in their particular scheme. So keeping an eye on the cut list, you know, I think it's, it's something that the Bills front office has done in the past really well, and they'll continue to. Um, and and we'll we'll see if there if there's somebody that's out there. I think they're going to go get them as they did with a Reggie Bush. So, um, you know, I, but I really think that they're hoping that everything's minimal with with Ragland and and that Zach Brown or Zach um, Zach Brown can do what he was brought in to do, and that's back up the rookie and make an impact when when given the opportunity. So there are a couple of pretty key position battles currently going down at camp. Um, you kind of had a front row seat for him it, to the running back position. Obviously, the addition of Reggie Bush throws a little bit of a interesting new you know element to the running back battle. But I mean, you know, I think when you look at it, you, the, the same three or four names are still sort of in the running here. Uh, I, I'm wondering what you think about what the team has been doing with Jonathan Williams. He's been playing a lot of scout team. He's you could tell he's kind of in the doghouse there with the coaches. Um, do you see him as as getting an opportunity here in the next few games, or is he really going to be probably a practice squad guy? You know, I, it seems to me that he's really in the doghouse with Rex Ryan and the uh, offensive coaching staff. Yeah, I think they're going to give him the opportunity. You're going to see in the preseason. You know, I, I don't think you're going to see very much of LaShawn McCoy in the preseason. So, you know, for Bills fans looking at that, don't don't expect to see a lot of LaShawn McCoy. They're going to they're going to use him a lot this year. Um, so they're going to rest him as much as they can in the preseason, and they've been doing that in practice. You know, a lot of the the walkthrough against air type of stuff. It's been McCoy, but any time that you get a defense added, it's it's pretty much everybody other than McCoy. So I think that'll carry through the preseason. So Jonathan Williams is going to get opportunities. How many opportunities, I don't know, and what he'll have to do with those. Um, you know, again, it, it, it's, it's, it, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, Reggie Bush, I don't think he's going to impact the, the roster number because I think he's a guy that if he makes the roster, um, you know, he's obviously going to be listed as a running back, but I don't think they intend to use him that way. I think they're probably going to look to use him more as a Percy Harvin-type role, to split him out in the slot, throw the ball to him, jet sweeps, things like that. Then you've got Mike Gillisley, who I think is probably going to make the roster. Um, you know, he had a pretty good season last year filling in for the Buffalo Bills, um, especially in the last four games. He had a pretty decent uh, stretch there. And then you've got James Wilder and Jonathan Williams, and I think those two guys are fighting for that last spot. And um, Wilder, uh, you know, if, if he doesn't make the team, he's going to be cut. If Jonathan Williams doesn't make the team, he can move to the practice squad. So I think – all things equal, I think that they'll give the job to Wilder and they'll, um, you know, put Jonathan Williams on the practice squad. Or it's very possible they'll carry both and see who works out through the first four weeks. And when Carlos Williams gets back, then they'll make the decision and reevaluate things. Ryan, you you covered the running back position in the battle there. Where do you see the wide receiver battle uh, panning out, and, and who do you think could be, I don't know, maybe a sleeper to make the roster? Or, you know, how do you, how do you feel that the wide receiver position in the battle will, will, uh, will work its way out through the rest of camp here? Yeah, well, the, the wide receiver position, I, I think the, the real battle is going to start tonight. Um, you know, obviously in practice, it's very difficult for these guys to kind of separate themselves from one another. Um, Robert Woods, Sandy Watkins are probably the only two guaranteed locks right now to make this roster. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is seeing a lot of opportunities with the ones and, and, and specifically, um, you know, opposite Robert Woods. Um, 
you know, on, on offense. So he's probably got an inside track at this point, you know, but, but again, we all know his injury history. And if he goes down with injury, you know, the Bills may just decide, you know what, it's, it's been a good run. We've given you opportunities. You just can't stay healthy and, and we're going to cut bait. But behind him, you know, there's really, there's really a lot of, a lot of, you know, un, un, uncertainty. It's Greg Little, it's Leonard Hankerson, it's, um, Greg Salas and Walter Powell and Des Lewis, and, and no one's really separating themselves. Uh, one thing it sounds like Lewis coming out of spring practice was the number two, number three guy with Sammy Watkins out. But it, it seems like everyone's kind of caught up to him at this point, um, and, and now it's a you know a five horse race again for, for that additional spot. And you know a guy that I think is probably going to find his way onto this team is Greg Salas. He just he just gets open. He he returns punts, he can return kicks. He's just that guy that can play anywhere on the field that you need him to play. He's almost like a Chris Hogan-type guy to me. Um, he just always seems to be open. He's that guy that you're probably going to look for on third and five, third and six to get a yard past the sticks, come back, catch the ball, and, and you know, fall down and, and be a possession-type guy. And he can return punts, which I think is a huge part of what the Bills need um, behind a potential Reggie Bush or somebody like that. So I think um, – Greg Salas is a guy definitely to keep an eye on. And um, Greg Little seems to be distancing himself a little bit, too. He's getting a lot more time uh, with the ones now that as Lewis seems to have been brought back to, back to the pack. So it's really going to be interesting to see, but I think tonight is going to be the, the real start of the battle, and then we'll see what they can do throughout the preseason. Yeah, your comparison with Salas and Hogan, I was just thinking that right as you said it. And, and it's just their knack to get open and to find those little areas in the field, especially in his own defense. It's kind of hard to teach that at the wide receiver position. It's such something that you kind of have to have and you kind of have to know where to be. And and I think that Salas has really, since he stuck on last year, midseason, um, he's had that ability. Uh, Ryan, uh, before we talk a little bit about the Tyrod Taylor thing, I just wanted to get your thoughts quickly on the safety battle because there is a strong safety battle going on right now between Colt Anderson, Jonathan Meeks, and Duke Williams. I wanted to get your thoughts on, I think fans really know what they're probably getting in uh, in Duke Williams at this point. Um, you know, He's really kind of best known for really being out of position a lot of times um, when he's been on the field. So to you, uh, who do you see filling that other role next to Robert Blanton as the second team safety um, because I think that will be an important position on special teams and this team moving forward with Aaron Williams um, you know maybe up in the air with his whole next situation so um, you know who's that number four safety to you uh, that probably sticks on this roster yeah I think um, you know you hit it right on the head when you talked about Duke Williams and kind of we know what we're getting out of a guy like him you know he was a a draft pick of the Buffalo Bills uh, from Nevada a few years back and really has never kind of emerged into what they thought he was going to be, uh, which is unfortunate because I think he's got the physical build to be a, a strong safety, you know, at 5'11", 200 pounds. So another guy that I think really has had a strong camp so far and has, has moved into that second-team safety position is Jonathan Meeks. He's played very well. He's had a few, a few different instances where he's had interceptions, and those interceptions have gone for potential long gains after. Um, and, and he's really moved into that second role to play alongside of, of Robert Blanton. So, you know, there, there's always um, Colt Anderson. I mean, he's 30 years old, so he's, he's a guy that they brought in to kind of compete for that position. Um, but he hasn't really had too strong of a camp thus far, at least hasn't stood out. Uh, so I think that, that other safety position is Jonathan Meeks' right now to, to win or lose. 
So it's really going to depend on how well he plays. If he can carry his momentum through, I think he makes the team easily at the expense of Williams and Anderson. Um, you know, but again, there's a lot of camp left to go. Yeah, and honestly, Ryan, uh, one of the things that I was that we actually talked about yesterday, moving away from the safety position and back to quarterback, where we're talking about Tyrod Taylor now. Uh, yesterday, we were talking a little bit about just the potential contract that has been sort of rumored um, that Tyrod is close to signing, or his his agent has been negotiating with Bills front office, but. It's more of this two-year, thirty-dollar or thirty-dollar, thirty-million-dollar template um, that we're that we're hearing. Uh, and, and as I was mentioning to you yesterday, I, I felt as though this was something that his representation just simply wouldn't even entertain or listen to. Um, how excited, I guess, are you um, that this is the situation we're looking at? More of a bridge deal than having to sign Tyrod to some sort of, you know, asinine eighteen to twenty million dollar contract after fourteen starts. Um, so, you know, how excited are you to hear about the numbers being thrown around right now? Well, I think, I think Bill's fans have to be excited. When you look at the opportunity that they've had coming into this camp, you've got two guys that I think all Bill's fans have looked at and said, you know, are we bringing them back? It's been Stephon Gilmore and it's been Tyrod Taylor. The thought previously has been one's going to outprice the other. So the Buffalo Bills front office has had to choose who's the – quote, more critical role to this team. And I think you're always going to default to a quarterback when given the option. So for them to be able to potentially get Tyron Taylor at $15 million a year, if it's two at 30, or even two at 36, you know, to where it's, you know, 18, even $18 million wouldn't be a terrible deal for the Buffalo Bills, considering the franchise tag is, is you know, uh, potentially Kirk Cousins is making, you know, over $20 million this year on the franchise tag. So, I think you have to be excited. Um, you know, everyone has been speculating, is it a true two-year deal or is it going to be a two-year deal with some escalator clauses depending on how well he plays? Everything I'm hearing is it's a straight two-year deal. There's no escalator clauses on the table at this point. Um, you know, whether Tyrod's con- uh, agent will come back and counter, you know, we're not sure. But it sounds like right now the Buffalo Bills are saying two-year deal, money is, is what it is. Um, not really sure what that is yet. But if he if they can get him locked down at, two for 30 or two for 32, 15, $16 million a year, that leaves you the opportunity to still tag Stephon Gilmore next season um, and, and pay him, you know, 16 to $18 million on the franchise tag and work out a long-term contract with him. So I think those fans have to be excited to get a, a quarterback at Tyrod's level for the pay that they're going to look to pay him makes him about the 22nd, 23rd highest paid right. quarterback in the league, which is just an unbelievable number for a guy who made the Pro Bowl his first year and by all accounts should make a big step this season and being an impact player for this Buffalo Bills. Ryan, uh, thanks so much for uh, hopping on with me this morning. I will uh, see you down at uh, Fisher this afternoon, evening time, and uh, we'll get together and uh, do a little more uh, do a little more Bills talk then. All right, buddy? Absolutely. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Sounds good, Ryan. Ryan LaSalle there from Rochester Sports Network. Uh, Ryan is also on the Bills Fanatics Network, so you can catch his live podcasts. Uh, on Facebook uh, all the time, and he's also on Twitter, at Ryan LaSalle. So up next, uh, we're going to continue on this Tyrod Taylor talk. Next hour, we've got uh, Ryan Talbot and Duffy on from uh, from Rochester Radio as well. So we've got a nice little uh, lineup packed up next hour, but up next, we'll, uh, we'll continue on this Tyrod Taylor talk. Uh, for Brayton Wilson, I'm Nate Geary. This is WGR. Right now, you know, we're just competing right now. Whatever the rotation is, that's what the rotation is. But for me, you know, I go with the ones, twos, you know, I go with the threes, too, just to get some reps. 
to learn the defense because at the end of the day, uh, I'm new to the, the system. So, you know, I got a little catching up to do with them. But right now, it just feels good just to be out there playing with the fellas. Bills linebacker Zach Brown there and the uh, and some sound there from practice yesterday. Uh, Zach will be taking on a bigger role in tonight's scrimmage than he probably assumed he would be with the injury to Reggie Ragland. So, uh, take a you know keep an eye out for Zach Brown tonight. See what uh, if you are headed out to camp, which I will tell you you do need tickets for tonight. Uh, I believe they are quote unquote sold out at the Tops Friendly Markets who were selling the tickets for tonight's scrimmage. Um, but you can always head down and try to get some at the box office. But I would suggest getting that there early if you intend on getting tickets, or you could hit the scalp market and probably overpay uh, for some tickets to go to practice. Uh, but it'll probably be worth it. It'll probably be a good time for a lot of folks. It should be uh, a good atmosphere for the first scrimmage of the year. So if you missed anything in the first hour, we had Ryan LaSalle on from Rochester Sports Network. You can head to WGR550.com in the audio vault in the on-demand audio section and uh, listen to our first hour. It'll be posted uh, within the next few minutes once we uh, end this first uh, this first hour on a good note and then head into second uh, into hour number two where we've got Ryan Talbot and, and Duffy on next hour. So we've got some more resident uh, Bill's beat reporters and then obviously uh, 11 a.m. this morning to 2 we'll have sports talk Saturday with Sal Capaccio our uh, you know our Bills beat reporters so we've got a whole lot of uh, Bills opinions today uh, really all day so WGR is sticking with you live and local while we uh, head out to a training camp this afternoon it'll be my first day out at training camp so I'm pretty excited about that I'll be uh, out on the sidelines so I'll have some good stuff on Facebook and Twitter for you today uh, hopefully some player interviews and some uh, up close and personal stuff as well so looking forward to that tonight and again uh, 803 0550 is the number 888 550-2550 if you're out of the area. Let's get your opinions here next hour moving into the uh, 9 o'clock hour. I want to talk a little bit more about the Tyrod Taylor contract situation, why I am excited about the fact that uh, our starting quarterback is uh, is really betting on himself, but this Buffalo Bills front office who has been criticized for handing out quote-unquote player-friendly contracts, uh, in specific uh, the Charles Clay contract, the LaShawn McCoy contract that they re-signed him to after trading for him last season, and then the Cordy Glenn contract. They've been criticized for really putting up the money in those situations and not having the most team-friendly, the most cap-friendly contracts. They do something good here if they can end up locking up Tyrod at the templated number that has been rumored around by Jason Lockenfora and some of the other NFL insiders, Ian Rappaport. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening with Tyrod Taylor, but I'll talk next a little bit about uh, my thoughts on what a bridge contract might mean for this team and, and how it's probably the best case scenario for both parties as we move forward. So for Brayton Wilson, I'm Nate Geary. Next hour, we'll have Ryan Talbot and Duffy on next on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.